everybody, and welcome to Too Weird Didn't Wash, the show where we watch, not wash. Let's start over. Hello and <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I can't even, I'm trying to figure out what that would be about. It's so like much. a show about like people who don't take care of their house, like, hey, you need to clean this place up. I thought it was about people who didn't have good personal grooming habits. Also that. Hello and welcome to Too Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Randley. And I'm Albert, and today we're kicking things off with Brides of Blood from 1968. So is this like the uh, the Brides of Dracula? Because they don't get enough love. Uh, they don't. They showed up in that great Van also, Helsing movie yeah. as like weird giant bat things. I mean, so was Dracula in that movie. Yeah. Because that was basically a Castlevania movie. <laughs> Didn't they just get killed off immediately too? Uh, no, one did. Um, then one got blown up when they drop the the uh, decoy carriage off and has a bomb with sticks in it. And then the last one has her little showdown with uh, Anya. Okay. Or Anna. Uh, keep... and there is, I think there's a uh, Hammer Horror movie called Brides Dracula, but that's really all that comes to mind. The plot concerns a group of dummies who venture to Blood Island, a place where nobody in their right mind would dare to visit. I mean... You know, just because it's called Blood Island, maybe it's just like a really... Nice... Honestly, that sounds... If you have a place called Blood Island, I can... You're going to love a teenager's breaking in there just to see what's up. It's... it's, it's Especially a... if it's like, it's forbidden, like, yeah, we're going there. It's that island that Disney owns. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's really great. They just call it Blood Island to keep the weirdos away. Surely the sailors who ferry our protagonists to Blood Island are aware that it's bad news, but they leave the fools there anyway. A lot of editorializing going on there. Uh, this one came from a review. Uh, these ones are dummies. You'd think these guys would know, but clearly they're jerks and drop them off anyways. We have a scientist, his nympho wife, a quote-unquote studly adventurer, and some miscellaneous others who are aboard to be menaced. And boy, are they ever. Yeah, you know, like... It's you got your main guys, and then you got to have some cannon fodder in the background. Who I'm maybe more you remember in this interesting glimpse, we're getting into the life of the of the person who wrote this, or at least the personality of them. You don't think that they have made this woman to be? I mean, nympho is maybe a strong word, but promiscuous, yes, promiscuous? likely. But what 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 is your? The, the I want to. Wordage is very distracting for me here. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you're the one that wrote it. I am not. No, I I just scraped it off of IMDb and I might have removed like a lot of these include endless so and so played by so and so after mm-hmm. this movie, and you're just like I don't need that information. Yeah, I will only keep those if there's someone interesting like uh, uh, Christopher uh, Lee. Christopher Lee. Uh, That's Lon the Jane only Jr. one I can think of. Okay, Lon Chaney Jr. Yes. It seems some stray radiation from A-bomb testing has done strange things to the local flora and fauna. Okay, now I'm on board. A butterfly bites someone on the hand. How? The trees have an... Look, okay, I'm going to back up here. It seems some stray radiation from A-bomb testing has done strange things from the, to the local flora and fauna. That's okay. how. I don't even have those right... I, eh, whatever, they're mutants. It's a freaky butterfly! Yeah, and there's blood-drinking ones already, I know, but continue. The trees have animated roots and make shrill vibrating sounds while trying to grab a hold of passersby. To what purpose? I'm not sure, since they don't seem to have mouths with which to bite anybody. Well, I mean, the roots could just plunge into them and drink them. We are full of nutrients. Yeah, you just bury the people under the tree. Like, this person doesn't know a lot. 
I like, think. I know we, when we see roots, it's just like, that's just what holds them down. It's like, no, that's literally how they eat. That's both. Actually, yes. pretty cool. <clears throat> it's a different form of life that took a very different path than us. The most troublesome mutation on the island is the appearance of a lumbering, mouth-breathing, humanoid monster with a desire for human sacrifices of the young female type. It's very similar to an episode we had two or three weeks ago with the like the monster that would only feast on the blood of virgin ladies. I mean, it's seen one second, right? I'm just giving like Creature from like Lagoon vibes now. Could this be the radioactive alter ego of the wealthy proprietor of the luxurious island? So, the first idea is that he, like, Jekyll and Hyde's mutates into this thing. But more fun is, is he's just this big, lumbering, mouth-breathing mutant in a business suit. Oh, and they're just assuming that it's him? <laughs> but Hi, it's like... Dr. Pretorius. You're... <laughs> How are you doing? Did... <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't want... What is wrong with this guy? Don't offend him. He's super rich. Meanwhile, the actual rich guy is, like, tied up in the basement in his <laughs> underwear. <laughs> I don't think this is that kind of movie, no, really. So I'm sure it's fun. silly. Um, the evil plan. Oh, I'm going to read the whole sentence here because we actually cut off in the middle. Okay. Could this be the radioactive alter ego of the wealthy proprietor of the luxurious island, Hacienda? The one who has summoned our heroes there? The very one under whose roof they've taken shelter. Okay, wait. So they've been summoned there. So it's not just them being dumb and going to an island called the Island of Blood or Blood Island or whatever. And yeah, the fishermen are probably spooked, but it's like, hey, we're being paid to brow here. So again, I'm left to, to question the person who wrote this. Why are they so judgy? I That's what you do when you review a movie. Yes, but then whenever, if you use the, their dummies going there, that makes it sound like they're just going. Here, Here's what I'm going to guess. Uh, within the movie's logic, they have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. But they're still super dumb and annoying. Well, I mean, of course. I'm uh, I'm thinking right now of the characters from Michael Bay's film Six Underground, and I'm man, thinking of the Kirby's from Jurassic Park Three. I I cannot figure out what is up with Michael Bay. I think he must just know a bunch of annoying people. That's the only explanation I can he think of. He makes movies that are like trailers, and in trailers you put the most high energy acting from the characters right most of but, them because they're screen grabs like especially action movie trailers it's people shouting or being like ah so he gets people who do that because he wants his whole movie to be like that trailer and have that energy but in a long period of time that's just annoying it's super annoying and then the frustrating thing is if you were to restructure the characters the action is delectable like he's you know it's michael bay He's got all kinds of cool cra- the opening. I haven't actually finished the movie because it's tough to watch more <laughs> than like twenty minutes at a time. But you know, you have these cool car crashes and things are set up interestingly, and then the characters in the plot are just irritating. And it made me think my favorite Michael Bay movie is Pain and Gain, and I think that movie is my favorite movie is because all of those characters actually are arguably supposed to be despicable okay like they're all scumbags and so when you're annoyed by them you're like well yeah because they're scumbags (laughs) when he tries to make you actually root for a hero type person you can't get on board because they're all so annoying compare shia labeouf and transformers with shia labeouf and holes 
same dude, couple years apart, he's not really super engaging in Transformers. Whereas he does absolutely fine in Holes. He's not like the best actor in the movie, but he does absolutely fine there. Well, yeah, and Shia LaBeouf has continued to put out work that would make you believe that he is genuinely concerned with being good at his art, mm-hmm. let's say. Uh, whether your personal thoughts about him are positive or negative, you can't say the dude is just, like, phoning it in. Right. So, and I think he probably got more and more annoyed as he got further and further into Michael Bay's clutches. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Transformers 1, he's trying to be, like, some kind of hero. Mm-hmm. And then, at some point, somebody gave up. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have for, uh, that's all we have for The Brides of Blood. Oh, Next up, God. where are the brides? I don't know. I mean, we have the um, the desire of sacrifices for the of the young female type, right? Okay, that the, makes sense. The monster wants. Lady I mean, I sacrifices. guess maybe these are all ladies. I assume they were dudes because movies. Well, there are some dudes. I mean, there's a yeah. husband and a studly man, and but a quote unquote studly man. <laughs> quote unquote, like they put. Now it's not full quotes. It's like single quotes for the studly, but still, yeah. they're throwing some shade. Next up, we have. The Mad Doctor of Blood Island from this 1968. Sequel. Yes, we're doing a trilogy. This one, by the way, as far as I can tell, came out literally the same year as Brides of Blood. By the same director, arguably a sequel. It's one of those where it's like in the same vein and has some of the same actors, but okay. I can't remember. Some of them mentioned, some of the reviews mentioned that the name switched from movie to movie. So not exactly a sequel, but close enough. Maybe they were planning to make the sequel and they had, like, the B-group filmed the sequel at the same time. Maybe. A ship arrives at Blood Island. So, you know, treading the same ground. Those fishermen! <laughs> they should know! On board are a pathologist, Dr. Bill Foster, a woman looking for her father, Sheila Willard, and a young man hoping to convince his mother to move off the island, Carlos Lopez. I'm on Carlos's side now. She lives on Blood Island. He's she, like, Mom, Mom, can we move to Tree Island? <laughs> Christmas Island. This... Skin Island, even. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to process. <laughs> so, she lives on the island, which implies that the stuff that went on in the previous movie wasn't super crazy over the top. For her. Like, she lived on a different part of the island, I'm assuming. Is there a village... I think so. Because I was picturing just like, here is an island, there is a lab, and wilderness. No, I think that there's at least quote-unquote natives. Okay. And there might be like a little town sort of beginning of Dracula style. Okay. Where like everybody sort of shuts their doors at night. Don't and go hangs. Yes. It's literally the town from Dracula. <laughs> Sheila discovers that her father is a hopeless alcoholic. Nothing to do with the... <laughs> She's like, I'm looking for my dad. Oh, he's a drunk. Oh. Huh. Okay, well, so do we know why the pathologist is going there? I'm going to assume, based on the fact that we had, like, everything going crazy in the previous one, there's mm-hmm. probably some disease okay. that they're blaming this on, so and he's, he's just there, there to study. So for a academic-slash-professional reason. Yes. She's going to find where her dad might be, and he's like, Mom, stop being on this island. Yes. It's so bad. And unfortunately, the next sentence says, Mrs. Lopez does not want to leave the island. Of course not. She's probably the villain. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. Mrs. Lopez is living in the house of Dr. Lorca. She moved... 
you know that he's evil instantly too with a name like Dr. Lorca. He's either evil or he's from an animated series and he's an orca whale that tells stories. I am the That's Lorca. A good fun. <laughs> Continue. He was a patient of Dr. Lorca, her husband, but he died. Mrs. Lopez stays on the island to be near her husband's grave. I was going to say, like, they couldn't afford the bill, so she stays on as help because it's a commentary about the medical system in America. Maybe a little from System A, a little from System B. Although, column, not system. <laughs> I don't think this is an American movie. This Fair is, enough. like, Italian slash Spanish production. Oh, those are always so much fun. Uh-huh. I'm a thousand percent more on board now that I know that. Bill is investigating a strange disease that seems to be infecting some of the islanders. There are stories of a green-skinned monster with chlorophyll blood that has been killing the local natives. Okay. Yeah. Plant monsters. You don't get plant monsters a lot. You don't. You get have like of what them. Swamp Thing and Audrey too. There is one in uh, Z Nation. There's the plant zombie. Awesome. Yes. Back before that show got completely. I mean, it was always completely stupid, but it stopped caring at a certain point. Is that before or after the big ball of zombies? Uh, no, that was actually... Oh, man, that's tough. Big Ball of Zombies is in the process of getting, like, really stupid. Okay. That was that was in these shows, I'm we're going downhill, period. Okay. But there's still some good high points. Fair enough. I think that's when Murphy... If that's the season with Murphy Town, I love all the stuff with Murphy Town. I don't want to I don't want to do Z Nation recap here, but Murphy Town was amazing. Murphy was, like, he was half zombie and half human, mm-hmm. and he could kind of control the zombies, and he was, like... I'm going to be, you know, sort of a messiah, messianic type figure. And he built his own town where he was, like, biting people and then controlling them. But also, they were building a society together. Mm-hmm. So, there, it was creepy because he was controlling them. But on the other hand, some of them actually were Function. loyal to him anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. They just did away with that in the next season, which was part of what annoyed me about the whole show. It's like, we'll move on to new things every season. One of them, I assume there's more than one monster, tries to break into the government house but is scared off. Or maybe it's one of the people on the mm-hmm. island? I couldn't. I can't tell. One of our trio of heroes. Sheila is attacked in the jungle by the chlorophyll monster. She manages to escape, but a native is killed. I, it's kind of lame, but I like the name chlorophyll monster. Yeah? I just, I don't know why. The purses with me a little it's a it's a neat idea. Like it's a great B movie concept. Mm-hmm. You can't go very deep with it if you start thinking about it and being like, "But actually, when science would that wouldn't work, like then it falls apart." But as person who monster with plant properties, then you're on board. Yeah, no. Doctor Lorca has been experimenting on the natives, including the unfortunate Don Raymond, who had sought Doctor Laura's serum as a treatment for his cancer. Is the serum now? I'm going to assume that Dr. Lorca is making the plant people. Yeah. And that the serum is the chlorophyll thing that puts Like, maybe in. he made the plant people and he, like, harvests the serum from the plant people. Oh, interesting. Which That's is why he allows them to roam, because he has the cure-all serum from them. It's just they also, for some reason, only have to eat people. Like, they have a high-protein need, whatever, and there's not a lot of wild animals on the island. I like that idea that he actually could stop them, but doesn't. Because they're useful to him somehow. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool premise. And not just like these are the cast-offs of whatever I was doing. Finally, in the Blood Island trilogy, we have Beast of Blood. 
from 1970. So they waited two years to make this one. The first two came out in the same year. And oh, like, so these are all of a like, subtle sequel to Night of the Blood Beast. Sure. No, we don't want that. Nobody does. I feel like I'm familiar with this movie, but do you want to describe uh, it to me? The first astronaut in space who was totally an American, his thing crashes after flashing lights, and then there is a stupid-looking bug monster who laid eggs inside him. Okay. Then, Why do you always want to destroy things? And then it tries to kill people because it's psychic and evil. That makes sense. And then fire. And then I don't remember much else. Even th- this, so this is filmed or released two years after the previous film, but literally picking up hours after the first film, the film begins on the boat sailing away from Blood Island. I guess those sailors come back every once in a while. The like, fishermen! I know somebody survived this time. Hey, somebody did survive! Woo! Alright, let's sail away. As sail away. <laughs> sail away. Okay. As John Ashley waxes poetic about his time on the island fighting monsters, the man beast from the first film appears. Oh, so he's not a chlorophyll monster. I don't think so. Interesting. Well no, they're calling I think they're calling uh Mad Doctor for the first film. There's actually another movie that's like spiritually related to these but it was even less the uh so what it's not the one from the brides of blood no okay i don't think i I think they called that one a mutant man beast or something right this might be but the mutant man beast might be the same mutant man beast or they're recycling the plot like they made the first one and they're like you know what we could do it again better i like i don't know how he would have been hiding out for however long was between the first and the second movie I, i like the idea that it's the first one it's like they went in a whole different direction. It can be that monsters, if you want it to be that. he is somehow back. I, I will say, I, the sentence continues, he was seen to have secreted himself in a light boat, in a lifeboat at the end of Mad Doctor. So it is definitely yeah. Mad Doctor of Doctor. Mad, Mad Doctor of Blood Island. Okay. Well, well, it's chlorophyll monsters. I like them. And a battle occurs, which destroys the ship it's and leaves monster. Ashley as the only survivor. Who's Ashley? John Ashley. Oh, okay. I'm guessing he is... That's the one that won his mom, right? No. Okay. So, I'm looking back at the Mad Doctor of Blood Island, and the description lists the pathologist as Dr. Bill Foster, and then in parenthesis, which I assume means the actor's name, is John Ashley. Okay. Now they're just calling the actor by the... I think this is probably just the reviewer taking a different tact with how okay. he's remembering the movie. He's like, I know who John Ashley is. I can't remember this dude's name. You know, John Ashley waxing poetic about killing a monster or whatever. Like any movie The Rock's in. Yeah. A year or so later, Ashley heads back to Blood Island to investigate stories that weird things have begun to happen again, despite the death of the evil Dr. Lorca. On the island, Ashley finds that many people he believed dead survived the final battle of the first film. <laughs> We already paid for these people to show up. We're just going to use them again. Everybody liked him in the first movie. I know we killed him off, but nobody ever really dies. Emperor Palpatine's back in Rise of Skywalker. Oh God, let's not go into that, please. He, Snoke probably gets resurrected as a clone or something. I'm just saying. They stitched him back together. Darth Maul so, has robot legs. If it's somehow Darth Maul is possessed by the spirit of Palpatine, I'm on board. In Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, just go full stupid. You're already going half stupid, go full stupid. But he's like old now? Because it's been 40 years. Yeah, but he's an alien. Yoda's 900 years old when he dies. 
Uh, yeah, but it'd be funnier. Maybe some species got to age faster. I've seen... Uh, what if it's the species that has the 10-year lifespan, but they're fully sentient? They don't have that, but in Mass Effect, there is a species that lives only 50 years. Okay. So uh, there is a character in the second game who is in his 40s, or yeah, in his 40s. But old? And he's old, and you can tell he's aged. He's not like an old, withered old man, but he's getting up there in age. And in the third game, he straight up says he's getting old and he won't be around very long. And it's very sad because he's one of your buddies. Okay. There's a science fiction short story about a, 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 like a, a race that literally lives for a day. <laughs> and the like, there, it's, a, it's a meditation on the fact that you can never escape the constraints of time because mm-hmm. there's a human person and then there's also like a race that lives like 40,000 years or something. And so the human says to them, like, what must it be like to live almost forever? And, you know, from the perspective of the people who live only a day, that's what the humans are. Right. So, like, be thankful for what you got. There's also an episode of uh, Stargate SQ-1 where they arrive at a planet where there are nanites in the food. That This colony was meant to be an experiment to see what humans would evolve into. So they live a year and a day. Okay. And O'Neill, he eats some food, just goes, hey, it's food, and he's not the brightest person sometimes. And it starts rapidly aging him to make his body catch up. Okay. So he goes, like, they, the, his friends are out, like, trying to find a cure, and they can't really go him because they don't want to get it contaminated themselves. So every time it pops in, he's, like, much, much older. Decent age makeup? Yeah. Okay. There's a bit where, you know, he's trying to explain that this is wrong, that they're aging the best, and he's like, I am hundreds of days old. <laughs> and they react like somebody who's just like, I'm, like, 500 years old. What are you talking about? Like, what? Um... Okay, so he finds the people are still alive, and that somehow the green men have returned. Chlorophyll monsters are back! They're back with the worst name, but it's okay. It isn't long before it's realized that Dr. Lorca is back and up to his old tricks. Of making chlorophyll monsters. It literally was. Palpatine's back. Nobody's ever really gone. Yeah. (sighs) But we got chlorophyll monsters. But in a movie that nobody cared about, at least. Yeah. Like, even in Italy, I don't think people were like, man, this franchise has gone downhill. Remember when it was good back with Terror Man? Two previous movies introduced talking about this character. Now he's here actually the first time we killed him off. Then we'll do a prequel trilogy about telling his rise of power. And now he's just back. Yay. You know what? I'm, I'm fine with Star Wars being bad if we just are all willing to collectively be on board with, like, not taking it seriously. But you can't. Like, do you... Nobody is on the set of the next Fast and Furious movie, like, furiously... No no pun intended, I'm sorry there, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> like, trying to keep the script under lock and key and keep people from guessing what it's going to be. Because who cares? Yeah. Like, you're going to go and see it and it's going to be fun because it's a Fast and Furious movie. When Star Wars, at some point, got infused with this sense of importance. Like, it wasn't good enough... That it was a good movie that was fun to watch and, you know, had a lot of artistry behind it. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 that wasn't enough. It had to be, like, part of the I cultural think, fabric. And it was that because it was the first super successful sci-fi thing, which brought people who were niche fans of that more into the forefront. And I understand also that it was hugely influential in the realm of special effects. It mm-hmm. did stuff that no other film had done before. It opened people's eyes to what could be done got people excited and that and then i think also some blame goes to george lucas when he started doing the special editions so then he starts changing things which certain people who already had a little bit of possession this towards it is like he's changing the thing i like 
how dare he? And then they get up in arms, more people get up in arms, some people get up in arms to defend George, because like, hey, he made the thing, he can change whatever he wants. The old version still exists, even though he kind of puts the old version shoved aside as much as possible. Yeah, you can't get it on Blu-ray. Not really. You can't get, like, the You the think high Disney def. would release that? Disney's all about, like, getting that money. money I don't money. think they're allowed to. I think one, I think the that prenup the that they signed with George is like, nope, you put my version out. And Dis- did you hear the thing about Disney Plus? What? That on the version of the original Star Wars on Disney Plus, there is yet another version of the scene between Han and Greedo. Of course. Where, like, both of them kind of shoot at the same time and there is a big explosion that obscures the frame for like half a second and then Greedo's dead. I don't know if it's better or not. That it doesn't is, seem worse. I feel like that's a good middle ground. Because it literally is a middle ground. They're both shooting at the same time, but it's yeah. also... And then you don't have his weird, like, CG move You don't have Greedo being the worst shot in the world by shooting, like, three feet to the left of Han Solo's head. Or him, like, he's clearly not an alien because his neck slides to the right. Yeah. This is, like, the third episode in a row we've talked about Star Wars. Well, we had a big conversation, and it's a big part of our life. And the new one comes out, like, what, yesterday? Okay, it's this. available to watch today. Me and my son are going to go see it. There you go. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hating it. But I'm also now looking forward to ha- hanging out with my kid. Okay. I don't ever get like one-on-one time with AJ or Jack or any of them. You know, it's like madhouse here. So yeah. it'll be very cool to do that. And I hope that you guys are having a very cool new year. Welcome to 2020. I imagine that's what time it will be when this episode finally gets out. Because, you know, Holidays. there's a lot going on with me. I'm going to be moving. I wonder if I'll be in the new house by the time I'm editing this, Brantley. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Bye, guys.